welcome back to the Hustle Podcast, everybody. My name is Megan, and I am your host. Happy to be here doing something a little different today, and I'm going to be talking about a book, actually, written by Cal Newport called So Good They Can't Ignore You. So let me begin by talking about who Cal Newport is. Um, His website is actually calnewport.com. Super simple, super easy to find. And his bio starts um, with, well, who he is, what he does. Um, He is a computer science professor at Georgetown University. And in addition to his academic research, he writes about the intersection of digital technology and culture. With particular interest in the struggle to deploy these tools in ways that support instead of subvert the things we care about in both our personal and professional lives. So far, he has written six books and most recently, the New York Times bestseller, Digital Minimalism, which I haven't read yet, but just from the title, um, it's probably something I struggle with, not using uh, Instagram and my phone and Literally every single medium I'm using to get my business off the ground is digital, so I can only imagine what that book is about. However, that is not the book that I'm going to be talking about today. Today's book is so good, they can't ignore you. And I first found this book in February 2019. I had just switched jobs. I was fresh out of the Navy. Um, I had, well, straight out of the Navy, I went to go work for General Atomics building drones, and I hated that. So I quit and went into government contracting and this contract I was on, I've talked about it in an earlier episode, was uh, called BFTN, Battleforce Tactical Network. And I just, the first day on the job really sucked because I just felt so ignorant. Like I had no idea what I was doing. It was super technical, like network IT stuff that I just was not prepared for. I literally had no idea what I was walking into. And so... I found this book and I was like, okay, how, how do I become so good? They can't ignore me, right? Because my mindset was, well, even though I'm in this job and I don't know what I'm doing, you know, it's a job, it's paying money and I need to get good. So that way I either get promoted or I can move within the company onto like a new contract. So that's how I found the book. That's why I started reading it in February 2019. And I really enjoyed the different mindset that Cal Newport can help put you in with this book. And then, so you start reading and literally the first thing he tells you is don't follow your passion. Rule number one, don't follow your passion, which had me like, okay, excuse me, sir. Well, um, that's how I grew up. I grew up, you know, asking myself, what do I want to be? What's my passion? And it kind of gave me a complex for a long time because I felt like I didn't have a passion. And, uh, you know, when I was in the military, I just was like, okay, I work, I go home. That's it. Like I enjoyed my work, but I didn't feel like it was my passion. So clearly something must be wrong. What I like about this book is that there are no 10 steps within or self-assessment quizzes that, you know, that, that are like, Hey, five questions to tell you what kind of manager that you secretly are inside. You know, those quizzes probably are telling you something that you already know or you know, but you're not accepting about yourself. You know what I'm saying? So nothing like that in here, which I, you know, absolutely appreciate. It's very real and it speaks to you. So within the first four pages, he talks about the passion hypothesis. So to find what you love and to be happy, you have to follow passion. 
And literally, it asks you the question that we all get asked is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that is how you get told to follow your passion. You know, do what you love. And literally, I can't tell you how many times I've been told that. We go into chapter two, and he talks about how passion is rare. Compelling careers often have complex origins that reject the simple idea that all you have to do is follow your passion. And he argues that, in fact, career passions are rare and that passion takes time and that the longer you're at the work that you're doing, the more likely you are to like it. And passion, he says, is a side effect of mastery. And this is where I want to stop the book review for a second and talk about a personal experience with this. So in the Navy, I was an aviation electronic technician. I worked on helicopters. And when I was 17 and I joined the Navy, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> I joined the Navy so I, that way like I didn't get student debt. You know, of course, yeah, I wanted to serve my country, but the reality was I was terrified of getting all this money in debt at the age of 17. So I was like, well, well, I might as well just join the military, get out of my house, go start my life, see what happens. And I eventually, when I got to my first command, I started working helicopters. I was pretty much on top of the proverbial food chain within the, you know, within two years. I had won pretty big awards for my pay grade of E4 and was recognized and I was I advanced to E5 within two and a half years of being in the Navy, which if you're listening and you're in the military, I know that is hard for some of you to do because of your MOS and just, you know, how differently things work in other branches. So I was very fortunate, right place, right time, and I worked hard. And when he says passion is a side effect of mastery, I, I can absolutely agree with that. Because I became so good at my job, I loved it. I loved going to work every day. And I loved troubleshooting the, the aircraft and being right and and working hard and, and, and those the challenges that came with supervising a shift at the age of 19. And having my supervisors look at me and know that they could rely upon me. It all became something that I thrived on and I loved. This brings me into the longer you're at the work, the more likely you are to like it. And so I did this for almost seven years. And there are a lot of personal reasons why I got out of the Navy and, and chose to live a civilian life. And I think if I hadn't gone through some things with um, people, certain events, I probably would have stayed in. And I, I did have some regret leaving and one of my biggest fears of getting out was the thought that I wouldn't have job satisfaction. Like I, I literally thought to myself, well, Megan, what are you going to do? Because you love your job so much now. You love being an AT and you, you're good at working at helicopters. You're good at what you do. What are you going to do when you get out? And that was a big unknown for me. I just kind of went out and did it anyway. I didn't really have a plan. Um, as for what career I wanted to get into, I just knew I had to get out and start. Moving on to the next point in the book is that passion is actually dangerous and that can it can lead to like chronic job hopping and crippling self-doubt. And what he means by this is like, you know, if you are in a position where 
you don't like your job and it's not your passion, quotation marks, not your passion, then you'll just job hop into something maybe completely different. So say you're in program management and now you want to go be a DJ at a nightclub, right? Because you think you love going to nightclubs, dancing is your passion. This must be the job for you. And then you get there and you hate it, right? And this can lead to self-doubt. Now, I know that that might be like a really weird analogy, but forgive me because I, it's just the first thing that came to mind and I thought it would be a good um, analogy for what Cal Newport is saying in his book. So when you think of passion and people who are passionate in their work and they like what they do, I think the first jobs that come to mind really are like maybe athletes, music- musicians, musicians and actresses and actors because they got there because they loved acting and they loved playing sports or they loved singing and literally a lot of them have been doing this since they were like five so that's their passion and maybe that is the exception to the rule you know they follow their passion but at the same time they've absolutely have worked for the success that they've gained It wasn't something that they came out of nowhere and they went from being a barista at Starbucks to playing professional NBA basketball, which would be nigh impossible, but hey, if you can do it, more power to you. So he then talks about now moving into chapter four, which is clarity of the craftsman. And he talks about this guitar player that practices playing a little faster then he is comfortable. And I think the idea behind Cal telling us the story in his book is that if you don't make yourself uncomfortable, you won't get any better. You don't progress as a human, as a person, if you don't make yourself uncomfortable and challenge yourself. And so this musician, that's how he gets better. And that's how he stays sharp on his finely tuned skills is he practices and makes himself uncomfortable. He starts slow, he gets faster and faster and faster. And he makes, he, he puts himself on the edge of his ability, which is incredible ability. And he, he pushes himself past that. Um, and this kind of brings up the methodology of another one of his books of deliberate practice, which I will definitely get into in another podcast. Another thing he brings up in this book is the hour tracking strategy. Um, That is the idea of tracking how many hours you spend on tasks per week. So think of spending time tracking how much you spend on Instagram or certain apps on your phone, which by the way, if you have iPhone, they do have that app. It's kind of hard to look at sometimes, but it's there. Or you can track how much time you spend on email. And um, personally, I did this for about a month. I tracked how many hours I spent on homework a week. And I actually found that if I spent at least 10 hours a week on my homework while I was in school, that I was more successful. Like I had everything done. I was good. Didn't have to rush on the weekends to get stuff done. And I kind of, you know, I started tracking everything I was doing. And so it was a little eye-opening because I stopped spending so much time in in front of the TV. I couldn't justify binge-watching seven hours of this new show. Especially if I wasn't getting my homework done. You see what I'm trying to say? 
So to wrap up his review, um, I only went through probably the first five chapters. And um, this is because I don't want to go through the whole book in one podcast. But he says that no one owes you a great career and that you have to get good in order to get good things and really plug away at getting really damn good at your job. So, I mean, I just, I love this idea that no one owes you a great career. And I actually had this epiphany the other day because I was feeling some type of way and I realized that I had felt entitled and that entitlement actually is a really bad thing because as soon as you start feeling entitled, you stop working for things, you stop hustling, you stop trying to be better and trying to evolve as a person. Entitlement will get you nowhere. And if you feel entitled at your job that you should be treated this way or you should have this role, you stop yourself. Stop yourself right there because you're not going to be successful with a sense of entitlement. No one owes you anything. You need to work for what you want and work for what you think you might deserve. And if you don't put in that work, you're not going to get it. It's plain and simple. To finish, he starts talking about career capital. Now, if you remember my very first episode, I talked about career capital. And honestly, reading this in this book kind of changed things for me last year. Because in February 2019, I wasn't happy in my new job that I felt ignorant at. And I realized after reading this book that I needed to start building career capital. I didn't know in what, but I knew I needed to start because career capital is what would allow me to find something I really enjoyed doing or at least enjoyed working at getting better. So let me tell you what career capital is. It's the idea that you build experience, connections, and um, skill in a career field so that way you're good and you will succeed. So let me tell you about how I am using career capital right now. Now, in my business, I sell powerlifting planners, and I am trying to get into the fitness industry. And I don't just mean posting videos on Instagram and being a influencer or anything like that. I want to become a part of the powerlifting community. Um, I'm trying to become a uh, United or USAPL referee. And that is solely just, I want to gain experience. I want to make connections. I want to become more of the powerlifting community than I am right now. And this will also enable me to stand up on my own two feet when the day comes that I can work for myself as a sole source of income. Because I'll have that experience in the athletic community. I'll have made connections. And that is my goal. Like I am building career capital. And I'm also making my current job kind of work for that too because I'm learning program management and I know if I ever want to work for myself, I need to know how to run a business. I need to know how to manage programs, projects, finances, taxes, payroll, you name it, I need to know it and I'm making my current job kind of work for me in that sense too. To circle back around really quick, it's actually really funny to me now talking about it on this podcast that I was so afraid of 
getting out of the Navy and not being passionate or not finding job satisfaction. And um, honestly, like I'm in something completely different. I don't even touch helicopters or go on a flight line or go on base. I have nothing to do with the world of aviation aside from my degree. And I honestly like am loving it. I love what I'm learning. And yeah, you know, you have bad days at work. You're going to have bad days anywhere you go. But I I just, I'm enjoying it. I've been able to move positions three times and um, each time has been more into what I want to do. And I'm very fortunate. Um, I now have a really great perspective into program management at a very high level on a huge government contract. And it just is allowing me to see things that I never would have seen before. So I am, I'm just, I'm so happy. Like, I love it. And, oh man, I could go on about my decision to get out of the Navy, but the idea of how scared I was and um, afraid and doubting myself, it's just, it's kind of shocking to me now. So hindsight is everything. And so with those decisions come, you know, it's scary, but all you can do is trust in yourself that you will work to make things work. And I knew in myself I would do that. Like, no, I don't want to go work at a grocery store again. But I knew that if that's what I had to do to pay the bills, I absolutely would. So it's all about trusting yourself and knowing that you will work to provide for yourself and provide for your family, no matter what. So with that, I am going to sign off. I do plan to do the rest of uh, Cal Newport's book, um, starting with chapter six, which talks about career capitalist examples. If you get the chance to read this book, please um, let me know what you think on Instagram at Hustle Podcast or comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear it because I think that, you know, he just has some really great ideas. And so knowing your input would be even cooler. That is where I'm going to leave you awesome people for today. I would love to know what your hustle is. Use the hashtag, this is how I hustle and tag hustle podcast. So I for sure see it and I will highlight your story on the podcast. I promise you. So cool. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next hustle podcast. Hustle podcast.